Welcome back. We're going to talk about the most unpredictable team in the NBA, maybe all of sports, the Brooklyn Nets. I have not talked to you guys since the game. The Nets gave up a franchise high, 153 points versus Sacramento. And since then, they've been 3-1. and one. They got the win at Portland. The Royce O'Neal put back. That was an awesome game. Memphis, they won on Sunday with most of Memphis's stars out. Then last night versus Philadelphia, one of the worst Nets losses I've seen I don't want to say in a long time because they lost some bad ones last year too. But tonight they bounced back on a back-to-back on the road at Toronto. But once again, the Raptors had like nobody playing. The Nets have definitely had a lot. And I mean a lot of bad injury luck the past two, three years. But I would say the last three games or so, luck has been on the Nets' side with injuries. I mean, they didn't have to face... Jaron Jackson they didn't have to face Desmond Bain they didn't have to face John Morant with the Grizzlies they didn't have to face James Harden Tyrese Maxey Joel Embiid and then tonight it was no Siakam no Van Vliet no Scotty Barnes no Otto Porter I mean that's like 10 guys right there that are good NBA players some great but yeah I mostly want to spend time on last night's game versus the Sixers and some of tonight versus the Raptors because It kind of just coincides with how unpredictable the Nets are. I mean, the Nets, up until halftime of today's game, played six quarters in a row of looking like complete garbage. I mean, the game versus Philly, they just looked disinterested, weren't communicating. They just had that vibe that they can just show up and win. They didn't have to play the game. And, of course, the Sixers beat them with a great shooting night. The Sixers got off like 19, 20 more shots because they got so many offensive rebounds. And I think there was a stat that the Sixers were like the worst offensive or maybe just rebounding team in general. And the Nets, of course, got killed on the boards. And they definitely let up a fair share of second chance points tonight, especially in the second half. But I said the first six quarters, including last night's game, because the Nets came out of halftime today versus the Raptors looking like a completely different team. And that's what we have to see going forward. That's why, for me, it's so hard to give up on this team because they are so talented and we see stretches and spurts from this team like we saw in the third quarter where they went on multiple like large runs there was like a 12-0 run there might have been like another 10-0 run or something the Nets put together these runs where it's like they're really good and then they put together games like the Sixers won in the first half of this game where it's like they are freaking terrible like they are not coached well they don't want to be here they're not trying Kyrie looks disengaged Joe Harris is washed and Joe Harris might still be washed we'll go over that later but still that's the problem with this team they're so inconsistent and it's frustrating because you know they're good enough to be great I mean I'm not saying they're like Boston or Milwaukee great or even Cleveland now but the Nets there's no reason why the Nets can't be a top five team in the east I mean they're fighting to get into the play-in right now they are almost back to 500 they can't get there they've they've almost been there a couple times but they're back to nine and ten but it's so annoying because they are so talented but they can never put it together consistently. And they lose these games like the Sixers won last night that they have no business losing. Like, they should be on a four-game win streak right now. They should be over 500. The vibes should be great. But now it's like, you know, you blew one last night versus Philly. That should not have happened. So anyway, I rambled there, but leave a like, uh, five stars on the podcast. I'd appreciate that. And let's get into it. Let's just start with last night's game versus Philly. So we'll just go from the bad, get that out of the way, and then we'll go to the good 
which was the second half of tonight. But, yeah, the Nets didn't shoot the three ball well last night. I mean, they were 9 for 28. Philly shot 50%. They were 16 to 32. That's a big part of it. But the Nets had a tough time closing out. There were some plays they just were supposed to switch, and they didn't switch. There was one in the fourth quarter where KD may have been passing off Tobias Harris, and they left him wide open on top of the key. And he was surprised how open he was. He kind of paused there for a second and said, all right, I'll take it. And then Tobias Harris made the three. Uh, Tobias, by the way, awesome second half. I mean, I thought he was done with that ankle injury, but he came back and he was he was great. I think he scored like 16 points in the fourth quarter, maybe second half. I don't know, but he was, he was awesome. But anyway, the Nets had 19 less shots than the Sixers. The Sixers took 99 shots in that game. The Nets, the Nets took 80. The Nets did make more shots, but a lot less three-pointers, which is pretty important. Philly had 49 rebounds to the Nets' 35, so being out-rebounded by 14, being out-shot by 19. Philly had 20, 20 offensive rebounds. The Nets had four. I mean, that's why you lose games right there. Nets had five more turnovers. it It wasn't a talent thing. The Nets, obviously, with the Sixers' three best players out are the more talented team. By the way, if anyone cares, the Nets have four straight games with 30 plus assists. That's the highest mark in franchise history since 1987. So I guess that's nice. But yeah, you saw last night's game and it was just so annoying because, you know, four straight wins was right there. Should have happened. Should be over 500 right now. It's early. I get it. It's November 23rd. I shouldn't be freaking out too much, but this team is annoying because it's like they're always going one step forward and two steps back. And and literally every single time I've been getting excited for the Nets this year, they just always like just laugh in my face and they they come out and have a terrible performance. Like I remember that Saturday night game early in the season versus the uh, Pacers, probably the game that got Steve Nash fired. And you're thinking it's the Pacers. I mean, the Pacers at that point, they weren't good. I know now they're pretty good, but like at that point, they weren't figured to be a good team. And the Nets lost that game in very frustrating fashion, played no defense. It got Nash fired, so I guess it is what it is. But then even like the Lakers game, I know it was a back-to-back, but coming off that Clippers win during that Saturday afternoon game versus the Clippers and then playing in the same arena the next day, maybe they were out partying in LA, I have no idea. But to lose that game to the Lakers who didn't have LeBron, I mean, I get they're playing pretty well without him, but still, then get blown out by Sacramento And then you have two nice wins here, you know, Portland, Memphis. I'm feeling good about this team again. I'm like, all right, we're getting the Sixers without Maxi. We're getting the Sixers without Harden. You find out later, like, you know, right before the game, I guess, that Joel Embiid is out. And it's like, this is a three-game win streak. We're back. And then, you know, they just, they completely crap the bed against the Sixers. And it's, it's annoying. So I'm sure what will happen now, knowing the Nets, they will win at Indiana. They'll win versus Portland. And then for some reason, they'll lose to Orlando. Like, that is something the Nets would absolutely do based on how this year has gone and the past few years because they always tend to lose games that they should not lose. And I do think, yeah, part of it was the Nets playing down to their competition level. I think they probably knew about the injuries the Sixers had in that game and were like, yeah, we can sleepwalk and win this game. We're facing uh, DeAnthony Melton, Shake Milton, PJ Tucker, Thibault. Like, we're good. We got this. And we ain't got, really got to try. Like, we're, we're, we're the Brooklyn Nets. We got KD, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons now. We're, we're good. And no, they had to learn the hard way. And I do hope that that loss gets to them and they realize you can't take nights off in this league. But, you know, every time I think they learn their lesson, they go back and do the same stuff they always do. But all right, let's get to tonight's game now and transition to that. Nets get the 112-98 to victory. 
First half was very concerning, I'm not going to lie. Um, second chance points right off the bat. Jock Vaughn took a timeout with, I think, 10 minutes and 12 seconds remaining in the first quarter. So right away, a very quick timeout. And it happened because, well, the Nets were getting points offensively. They, were, they had no problem scoring. But defensively, they allowed a rebound, and it was a kick out to a three-pointer. They made it, so that's a second chance point right there. That's three of them. And then the second one was more of a long rebound. It was a very short shot that kicked down to the three-point line. So, okay, I kind of forgive that one more. But still, the Raptors' first six points were on two threes that were second-chance points. And based on how the previous night went versus the Sixers, I'm sure Jock Vaughn, they talked about that and didn't like what he was seeing right away and was like, all right, we got to talk about this. And I guess that's been one good thing about Jock Vaughn. He is noticeably better than Steve Nash, but that doesn't really mean he's a great coach by any means. But I do think the Nets are a more well-coached team now than they were just a few weeks ago with Steve Nash, so it's a step in the right direction. Would I have preferred Ime Udoka and still do? Yeah, but it's just, it is what it is now. It's going to be Jock Vaughn the rest of the year at least, and, you know, hopefully it works out. But it seems like so far they are, at times, playing hard for him. They're playing more as a team, and I just think they... You know, there's just better camaraderie with the team and things like that. So I, I do hope it's moving in the right direction with Jacques Vaughn. But of course, when you have Ime Udoka sitting out there, you're like, I want that guy. But didn't work out for obvious reasons. So one Jacques Vaughn thing that really annoyed me tonight was when the second quarter started out, the Nets were up like 12 at that point, too. So like they had a nice cushion. So maybe this factored into it. But Jacques Vaughn puts out a lineup of Kyrie Irving, Patty Mills, and Joe Harris. I forget the other two guys. It may have been, who was it? It might have been like Claxton and somebody. I don't know, but I forget. But the, the point is, you can't play lineups, especially against the Raptors, the team that has a bunch of guys that are 6'8 through 6'10 that are athletic and play good defense and can make smaller teams look really bad. You can't do it really at all, but especially in this one. And like when you play Kyrie, Patty, and Joe, there's defensive liabilities everywhere, you know, especially Patty Mills, who I don't think played much in this game. Let me take a look. I know we saw Patty in that second quarter for a bit, but he really didn't seem to play that many minutes. Patty played six minutes, so he kind of got a quick hook, which, you know, was the right thing. And I do think, you know, with Steve Nash, it was more of like he had his built-in rotations and it wasn't really based on performance. Jock Vaughn, if you're not playing well and he sees something going on and you're not good for this particular game or game plan he won't play as much so at least as I said like there is actual coaching going on as compared to what Steve Nash was doing like I'm not saying that Vaughn is doing a great job but at least when he sees this is not working for this particular game or matchup I'm not playing you and he saw pretty early that Patty Mills was not going to be good for this game so anyway he starts the second quarter with that lineup of three defenders that can't play together and the Raptors went on a 13-0 run the Nets gave the lead right back and then from there on out throughout the second quarter um it was just a back and forth game of course I got nervous because like you know we saw what happened the previous night so I'm thinking here we go again the Nets did have eight turnovers in the first 17 minutes of the game I forget what they finished with but I just I'll look it up in a second but I just know that early on the turnovers were terrible Kevin Durant was vocal in this game. Usually he's, you know, saying stuff to fans or just with the refs, but it was his own teammates tonight, and I kind of liked it. Of course, you know, you worry about, like, are they getting along and things like that, but KD definitely held his teammates accountable tonight. 
Kyrie, of course, went for a steal when he shouldn't have. He called him out for that. There was a play where KD called out Joe Harris. I forget why, but it was in the first quarter. And he did the same thing with Claxton. I, no, he called out Ben Simmons, not Claxton, because Ben Simmons was supposed to help on a rebound, and he was kind of just standing there. So KD called out like three guys in the first quarter. So I do like seeing that, of course. I mean, you would hope that coaches can do that more, but teams do need guys on the floor, especially well-respected players like Kevin Durant that can call out their teammates and hold people accountable because this team needs that. We even saw it last night versus the Sixers, Kevin Durant, called out Kyrie Irving on a defensive rotation where the Sixers made a three from the left wing. So at least we're seeing some type of communication going on here that's a step in the right direction. And speaking of Durant, he had so many dumb passes tonight. I mean, I could think of at least three, maybe four, just dumb Kevin Durant passes that were telegraphed. He had a sick pass to Claxton. I think Durant was getting double teamed like near half court maybe the three-point line, and he threw this awesome, just like put some English on it, bounced past the Claxton for a, a dunk. So yeah, KD made some nice passes in this game, but also made some terrible ones. There was one to Sumner where KD got the rebound, and he just tried to kick it out with like, you know, it was a weird pass. He passed it like across his body, and he threw it out of bounds, and Sumner had trouble getting it, and it you know, rolled out of bounds. So I get he was trying to push the pace and get the Nets in transition, but it's just unnecessary turnover like the Nets were beating themselves throughout the first half of this game it was frustrating because you can tell they were the much better team talent wise but they were beating themselves in a lot of ways and the stupid turnovers were a part of that so at halftime the Nets had 13 turnovers I mean, when you're on pace for 26 turnovers, that's god-awful Toronto had 11 offensive rebounds at half the Nets only had three and also at halftime, Toronto had 24 second chance points. The Nets only had four. So it's things like that, just not small parts of the game, but just like these attention to detail type things that if they get these right, I think the Nets could be a good team. You know, I mean, for now they're healthy. I can't trust these guys to stay healthy, obviously, based on what we've seen here the past couple of years. But for now, at least minus TJ Warren, Minus Utah Watanabe, which sucks. You know, he has a hamstring strain now. Just that gives me James Harden flashbacks. But outside of that, this team is healthy. They have their big three intact, which is the most important part. Um, Kyrie in the first half just looked mentally checked out. I was a little concerned. I mean, I was in net spaces at halftime on Twitter. There were people talking about Kyrie's done, like he's done with this team. But um, he completely changed that narrative in the second half. He had a great second half, Kyrie. believe he finished with uh, 29 points. He was a plus six. 16, shot 11 for 16 overall, 5 of 8 from 3. I think Kyrie is shooting a career low um, from three-point range this year. It was like 29%, maybe lower. So Kyrie, I mean, he's he's a good shooter. We saw the guy have a 50, 50-40-90 uh, season a couple of years ago. So Kyrie, he'll get it together, but it was nice to see him shoot the ball well in this game. And a lot of Kyrie's points, like usually with Kyrie, it's like they come from isolation situations. And yeah, there were some, but I think a lot of Kyrie's points were more in the flow of the offense tonight. So that, of course, is a great sign. And as I mentioned before, the Nets have been playing more like a team since Jacques Vaughn took over. So that's definitely a positive because when when this team plays like a team, makes them even better. We've seen so many easy dunks for Claxton and even Ben Simmons lately because they are just moving the ball very well. There's been a lot of open Joe Harris shots. He doesn't make them now, but still, he's getting the open looks. And even Royce O'Neal, he's getting a lot of open looks and he's knocking them down for the most part. Royce O'Neal, I know some fans are kind of anti-Royce O'Neal. I don't get why, but he has been awesome. Like, I, he had a really bad game versus the Kings. 
and maybe the game before that, which was, I think, the Lakers. But like outside of those two games, I don't really have many complaints about Royce O'Neal this year. I think he's been better than what we could have hoped for so far this season. So Royce O'Neal is having a career year. It's a bigger role on this team, obviously. But even the assist, I mean, even tonight, he had seven assists. Um, he had a triple-double the other night versus Portland. I mean, the guy is even like... I don't think Royce O'Neal's ever been an assist guy, but now he is, and it's actually, I love seeing it. He also had four steals tonight. I remember he had one where it was really nice anticipation play by him. He stuck his arm out, popped the ball up, got the steal. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, he's been awesome. Even Ben Simmons had a couple of great steals tonight. Speaking of Simmons, there was that play versus the Sixers last night. Actually, I didn't even touch on the whole Simmons going back to Philly thing. It kind of escaped my mind. You know, I don't want to turn this into like an ESPN talk show because like, you know, why would you guys come here for that? But still, you know, Ben Simmons, of course, the whole narrative would have been if he had a bad game versus, versus Philly is that, oh, Ben Simmons is mentally weak and uh, it'll never work out for him. This guy is just uh, he can't handle the big moments and things like that. And Ben Simmons right away from the jump was playing, I think, the best on the team. I think Ben probably had the best game of any net last night. Um, he was a minus nine. Most guys were in the negatives, but he had 11 points. He was four of seven from the field. He was three of six at the line, which I guess you'll take with Ben Simmons, but seven rebounds, 11 assists, three steals, three blocks. And yeah, one of those steals, it was such an awesome play. I think it was to close out the third quarter, maybe. And Simmons dove on the floor and kicked it out to Kevin Durant, who was leaking out for a KD dunk. It reminded me of like a Jason Kidd type play. It was one of those type plays. So um, yeah, Simmons wanted that game last night, which makes it even worse. He would hope in his return to Philly that his teammates would play equally as hard as he would, but you didn't see it. So I felt bad for Ben, but he definitely was not the reason they lost. And one of the fur furthest things from it. But, you know, Ben didn't shoot the ball in the fourth quarter. And of course, you saw some memes about that, that Simmons wasn't shooting the ball in the fourth quarter. But Let's be honest, the Nets overall in the fourth quarter were terrible. They scored 24 points as a team, so I don't want to put it on Simmons. I thought the guy played very well last night. But anyway, so after halftime of tonight's game versus Toronto, the Nets looked like a completely different team. They stuck with that starting lineup for a lot of the third quarter, the KD, Royce, Claxton, Irving, Simmons lineup. And I, I still have my concerns about Claxton and Simmons playing in the same lineup, but you can already tell the difference because the reason that lineup was so bad the first, you know, five, seven games, whatever, was because Ben Simmons was not looking like Ben Simmons. He was looking like 30% of Ben Simmons. He was looking like Walmart Draymond Green. Like he was not good. And now that Ben Simmons is moving and just, you know, playing with confidence and pushing the ball in transition, it is getting to a point where playing Simmons and, and Claxton is more doable. It's not perfect because you still have two guys on the floor that can't shoot the ball. But at least if Simmons is moving around and not just standing there and, and looking like a guy that's hurt, this actually can kind of work. There will be matchups where that lineup won't work as well, and there will be times where you need the extra shooting. So you put in Joe Harris, assuming he gets his crap together, or even Seth Curry. And replace him for Claxton or, you know, replace him with uh, Ben Simmons, which, you know, I think you would rather keep Simmons in because he is the better player than Nick Claxton. But you get the point. Like when Ben Simmons was looking horrible the first five, seven games this year, playing him and Claxton together, it just you couldn't do it. It was just such, such a bad there was no offensive flow whatsoever. It put way too much pressure on Kyrie, Katie, 
even Royce O'Neal. I think now, at least with Ben looking better and looking healthier, and I still don't know if this is the 100% Ben Simmons. I still think there's there's places he can go up from here, but he looks a whole lot better. I, I'm trying to think the first game he came out and looked a lot better. I think it might have been the Kings game, ironically. Maybe it was the game after versus Portland. Ah, but there was a game where he came out and looked different. Because I know he missed one of those games with knee soreness, so I'm trying to remember now, but it was one of those games on the West Coast trip. He made a drive to the basket that we have not seen from him yet in a Nets uniform, and it was like ever since that moment, he has just been like so much better. Even tonight, he had a play in the post where he got the ball, just a little quick turnaround shot off the backboard, makes it. I feel like he wasn't even doing that the first five games of the year. Like He was so indecisive, had no confidence. And now it's getting back. I mean, he's playing really good help defense, Ben Simmons. He's playing good defense overall. He's being a facilitator offensively. Some of his passes are amazing. And he hasn't been that bad at the free throw line yet. I know he missed those two free throws in the third quarter at Philly. You know, got the fans free chicken or whatever the hell it was. So what they call it? They called it bricking for chicken, which I thought was pretty funny, actually. But yeah, so, you know, good for them. But still, I think Ben Simmons has played really well recently and it just it makes the ceiling for this Nets team higher so you know I did think eventually Simmons was going to get it together I was a bit concerned with how long it would take because this Nets team did not have a good record early it's still not that good but when the Nets were sitting at like I don't know four and nine or whatever the hell their record was it's like come on Ben we gotta <laughs> we gotta get back to uh you know full form here but yeah he's looking really good so they're saying on the graphic here five straight games with 10 plus points for Ben Simmons and a 50 percent field goal percentage or better Kyrie Irving had 26 in the second half wow KD passed Kevin Garnett for 18th on the um, all-time scoring list. Good for him. KG, former net. Um, KG passed, or KD passed KG. Nick Claxton, sixth double-double of the season. Kyrie Irving doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving, if anyone cares. He had to mention that twice in his interview. I don't know why. One guy I want to bring up, Markeith Morris. He was awesome tonight. He played 18 minutes, was 3 of 4 overall, 3 of 4 from 3. He was a plus 7, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal. Um he's necessary for this team especially a team like this that doesn't have enough not even size just girth guys that are like just big not just tall because we have taller guys the Nets starting lineup has three guys over 6'10 that's Ben Simmons Kevin Durant Nick Claxton but they're all skinny I think Ben Simmons is the most built out of that group and like Ben Simmons is not even like the biggest guy but at least with Markeith Morris that's a guy who comes in at 6'9", 245. So 245 is a big boy. So, you know, he's not a guy that you're putting in there just for rebounding. But Markeith Morris, especially if he's making his threes at a decent clip, like 35% or better, um, he's a guy that definitely should be in this rotation more often. I would much rather see him. I know it's a different position, but I would much rather see him than Patty Mills. I just think Markeith Morris is a lot more necessary for this team. I know Seth Curry was out tonight, so that definitely helped Patty maybe play the six minutes or even like Edmund Sumner. Sumner kind of made a return to the lineup tonight and played 21 minutes. We saw Cam Thomas for a large stretch in the second quarter and Sumner actually made some decent plays. He had a nice pass. He had a steal that led to a layup. So there were some good steals by the Nets on defense tonight. Cam Thomas made, you know, a really bad pass at one point, got caught in the air, threw a turnover that led to a fast break bucket, I believe, for the Raptors. So, but Cam Thomas, he made a couple tough shots, but overall, it's like he, 
you see it on t- it's easy for me to you know play Monday morning quarterback as they call it and see the entire broadcast view but Cam Thomas needs that element of his game where he's a playmaker because they're so like he can get past his guy most times but it's when he gets past his guy it's like he doesn't know what he's doing after that like he can make tough shots obviously which makes Cam Thomas you know necessary for this team to play him when they need scoring but there's also times where Cam Thomas gets by his guy somebody else helps or collapses and there's an open kick out and Cam Thomas just doesn't know where to look and he doesn't make that pass so there is a lot of good and bad with Cam Thomas I get why the coaching staff doesn't consistently play him but He's a guy that once he gets it together, assuming he's not traded, which of course I guess could happen, that I think has a pretty high ceiling because it just, the playmaking's missing. And I think once that gets there for him and even the defensive end, of course, I think he'll be a pretty good player. So I'm excited about him. But Royce O'Neal, another guy playing very well, five of eight, his only shots were threes, but five of eight from three. Um, he had the seven assists, the four steals. He's been awesome, so nothing bad to say about Royce O'Neal. KD had a season-low 12 points. I mean, KD was a plus 30. That's the highest on the team, but um, Durant, not the best shooting night. He was 5 of 10. I mean, 50% ain't too bad, but 2 of 5 from 3, 7 rebounds. He just didn't really take that many shots, I guess. That's pretty much the answer to that. Like, Kyrie took 16 shots to Kevin's 10. I guess we'll have the Joe Harris conversation. Uh, he has not looked great recently, to put it nicely. And, I'm, you know, I love Joe. He's been a net, the longest tenure net. So, I mean, I try not to speak too badly about Joe. So, Joe versus Portland looked good. He was, you know, he, he made a few threes in the first half, got the offense going. Even in the Memphis game, he wasn't that bad. He shot 66% from three. The Nets won that game. But the last two games here, Joe Harris has really been bad. So even, you know, so versus Memphis, he was four of six from three. And versus Portland, he was four of eight. But the last two games, he has been one of seven and one of six. And if Joe Harris is shooting one of six and one of seven from three and not giving you the best defense, to put it nicely, it's hard to play him. And he's a guy making a lot of money. So, you know, Joe Harris, so many Nets fans are saying, trade this guy, he's a bum. And this, you know, interestingly, was Joe Harris's lowest minutes total of the entire season, I believe, if this is going back far enough. Actually, it is, yeah. So his lowest before this was the first game he came back. Remember, he missed opening night. He came back for game two versus the Raptors. He played 18 minutes that night. Tonight, he only played 14 minutes. So Joe Harris was given a chance in the first first half to, to make something happen. But he even played a bit in the might have been early fourth quarter. But Joe Harris like has to get it together. And I don't know if he will. He's 31. He's coming off two ankle surgeries. So I do hope he gets it together because a team that has the shooting of a healthy Joe Harris and a healthy Seth Curry, that's awesome. Like they were showing the graphic in the Sixers game that those two guys have the highest active three-point percentage in the NBA. So that's great to have that on the same team. But if Joe Harris is shooting like this, it's going to be hard to play him consistently. Joe from three this year is shooting 35, we'll call it 36% from three. And that's not good enough. You know, just, just, to, just to tell it how it is. I mean, Joe Harris before this year, well, even before last year, before he got hurt, he was a guy shooting in the mid-40s. I mean, Joe Harris had like three years in a row of shooting like 45% from three, 46%, 44 He was amazing. And now he's down to 35. And, you know, I'm hoping he gets 
everything together. And sometimes it takes these guys a while to come off of injury. You know, Ben Simmons is the perfect example. And I'm sure the same thing will happen with TJ Warren, who apparently is, you know, playing three on three now. So he's getting closer to making that return. But I'm not expecting TJ Warren to be great right away. I mean, I hope he is, but I'm not expecting that because the guy hasn't played in like over two years. So for Joe Harris, who hadn't played much basketball at all the past year, um, he probably got hurt right around this time last year, maybe a bit before. But Joe has not really been a part of this team for the last year. So hopefully he gets it together because when Joe is playing at a high level, we've seen it before. If you're a Nets fan long enough, I mean, Joe Harris makes a big difference. But if he's playing like this and not making his shots... It's tough, but um, at least we've seen some games this year where he looks like his old self, but it's just not coming at a uh, consistent level. So yeah, I don't want to like speak too much about this. I guess, you know, not many trades are made at this point in the season anyway, but you would think at this rate, the Nets will have to get another big. I don't know how they can go the rest of the season like this. It doesn't seem sustainable. Um, yeah, maybe Dwight Howard wasn't the right guy. Maybe... Um, you know, Andre Drummond wasn't the right guy, but the fact that the Nets didn't replace Drummond with anybody that can rebound, that's a problem. You know, they tried to sign Markeith Morris, but once again, he's 6'9". He's I don't think Drummond's that tall, but like he's one of the best rebounders of all time by the numbers. So they really heavily relied on De'Aaron Sharp to be the backup center this year. And you can tell very early that was not going to be the case. Like you can tell since opening night that De'Aaron Sharp was not ready for this moment yet. So... It is what it is. I think Dayron is talented. He'll probably get it together maybe at some point. He made a three tonight, had a block I saw in garbage time. So, you know, Dayron, he could get it together at some point, but you can't rely on that for this year. He's like barely 20 or 21 years old. I do think the Nets will have to test the market, see what's out there. There are rumors about like Kelly Olynyk, guys like that. So it's not going to be a big name, I don't think. I mean, of course, the Nets could try and make a huge splash and get like a John Collins if he really is available. Or, of course, the name that always comes up, Miles Turner. But if they haven't done that by now, I'm not really expecting that. But I would think Sean Marks has to be aware that this team has a rebounding issue. And, yeah, they're not really rebounding well as a team. They're not boxing out sometimes. There's a lot of watching the ball. A lot. Like, rebounding. So much of rebounding is just, like, being in the right spots and telegraphing where it's going to go off the rim, finding a body, getting in front of the body like that. That's that's pretty much what it's about. It's not even just effort. It's technique and effort. So, you know, it helps to be taller, obviously, and bigger, but you don't have to have all that to be a great rebounder. But anyway, the Nets almost get back to 500 and back to nine and 10. So hopefully by the time I talk to you guys next, they'll be over 500. So the schedule coming up here. They're at Indiana on Friday night. Then it's that long homestand. It's like seven games in a row at home. Homestand is Portland, Orlando, Washington, Toronto, Boston, Charlotte, Atlanta. So seven-game homestand. And then you have that first game versus the uh, Pacers on the road. I'll try to talk to you guys either after that Orlando game on Monday or Washington. So I guess we'll see how that goes with the schedule and stuff. But anyway, that's going to do it. Hope you guys enjoyed leaving the comments your thoughts about the team. Might be good, might be bad, but I'm interested to see. So anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the video. And I'll talk to you guys next time.